there is only two ways that you can know whether people want your product. And that is either they spend a lot of time on it or they pay for it. But I think what I've also learned over the past five years is really, you know, you're wrong until you test with everything you do. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Quick Coffee. Very nice to be back. Pat, how are you doing today? Very, very good. Very good. How are you doing? <laughs> really good. So what happened last week? How, how's, how's life? Where are you currently? I'm in Amsterdam. Um, I, I came back from Barcelona. Um, now I've been in Amsterdam the entire week and uh, starting to settle in. I moved here a couple of weeks ago and um, I really love the city. I have to say um, it's so cool. It's it's really, I think, for the, for me, the first time that um, I've I've fallen in love with the city a little bit, um, with all the, you know, biking everywhere, the houses, the architecture. Um, I think very much um, also a design city similar to Barcelona. Um, when I when I when I bike through the small uh, streets there, found a nice gym um, and uh, and uh, actually um, had some good training sessions this week. So overall, um, very, very, very good. Yeah. Love How it. about you? Uh, pretty good. Had a pretty uh, productive week. I started and I'm um, actually I started a new routine. So um, this week I, I tried to wake up every day at you know six thirty or six forty five and then jump to either berries or beat beat eighty one, which is the you know like a workout uh, early workout uh, boot camp, let's say, or you know a one hour power session. And I tried to do it every day, but yesterday, um, like for some reason, I was already a little bit late. I wanted to you know I, I left my home at 6:45 class would start at 7 and usually I'm I you know usually I'm good um but yesterday for some reason my Emmy scooter didn't open so I, I ran to the Emmy scooter and I was like okay hey, shit I have like <laughs> ten, 10 minutes left all right this is going to be a close one and then for some reason you know it just didn't open there was no scooter around like usually I would go to another scooter but you you wouldn't you wouldn't guess but I I missed the class so like this was like I don't know you know how you know how I love using Emmy, but like yesterday, Emmy, Emmy, so sorry, but you know, shout, yeah, I mean, out, shout out to Emmy here. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're 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 um, you're an Emmy power user, I would say, right? I mean, you 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 use it very you very very often these kind of scooters. Um, I do have to say that I did only one ride with you ever, which um, I I feared for my life. So I'm probably not going to do that again. But you usually when 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 we meet, um, it's basically I can't see you yet, but I can hear the sound of the scooter. So I know I know that you're coming. I can hear it from very far. Um, <laughs> and, and it's kind of always the same scenario. Uh, so, um, well, what, what did you do then? Didn't you, you didn't go? Uh, you, I you, know. you didn't end up, end up going? Yeah, I know. I missed the class. Um, but yeah, what no. do you what do you prefer? Um, berries or or beat 81? Maybe you can explain quickly, Barry's. I don't know if everyone kind of knows the uh, yeah. difference. Or... I mean, I mean, I think it's originally from the US. Uh, they opened up this, uh, st you know, fitness studio here in Berlin on um, Friedrichstraße, and uh, basically you go in, uh, and they just, you know, force you to, you know, to go all in for one hour high intensity workout. Um, but it's it's super fun because it's like with a lot of people, and it's kind of this community pressure that you really want to uh, excel and you know push push yeah. for the push for the limit. Um, but yeah, um, nice. Yeah, we'll do a we'll do an, an episode on on routines and and, and workouts <laughs> and things like that. We, we'll do that at some point. Yeah, I think that would be cool. 
Love it. All right, let's get started. All right. Today we're talking about um, building products people love, and I think that's actually a super interesting topic. I mean, you know, we've we've already talked about culture and and building a superstar team, but essentially building a company always requires to really focus on building something incredibly well and building something people want. Um, and I think there are a bunch of things we can talk about. But why don't we start with a little bit um, about, you know, a few of the stories we've experienced back at Mapify, Skip, Gorillas, um, and, you know, jump jump in right away. Um, what's your overall feeling about, like, building? Why do you think it's so important to cover this topic? Why do you think building a product really matters? Yeah, so I think the important part is um, that product doesn't only matter for people who are in product management. Um, I think it's so incredibly important that everyone in the company, whatever function they have, wh wherever they are in the business, understand the core fundamentals of, of discovering and building a great product. Because ultimately, what whatever you do, you're essentially, the company is selling the product. The company is building the product, and the product is what your customers and your users are using and that is what is what is keeping your company alive and so i've seen so often scenarios in which there is a product team and they built a product and everyone is kind of disconnected from that and then you have a marketing team and they they just you know come up with certain ideas to sell the product but they don't even really understand um what the product team is building and that's true for other um for other teams as well and so what I believe is that it's so important for people across different teams inside a company, from the founders to the product team, to the engineers, designers, marketing, growth team, operations team, to, to fundamentally understand what is our product about, how does it create value, and how can we improve that? And I think, um, you know, if you ask yourself, if you're working in a startup, if you work in a company where you don't feel that everyone is somewhat connected to the product, I would get the I would get out of there. You know, I would have this feeling of, you know, not not everyone is connected to the product in some way, thinking about how, how to make the product better. And that is not, that's to me not a good sign. So I think it's it's a great episode to talk about product. And it's it's great to open it up with this super important realization that everyone, wherever you are in a company, should be starting to care about product in a, in a certain way, in a certain um, measure. How do you, but how do you establish such a product-driven culture, you know, right from the beginning? And who's responsible for that? Would you say that's always the founders or, you know, early employees? How do you establish such a product-driven mindset? Yeah, so I think in the beginning you have you know, maybe it makes sense to to outline the, the two most important stages, you know, in a startup company when it comes to product. Um, the first stage is your pre-product market fit and, this, and the second stage is your post-product market fit. And we can talk about product market fit in a moment. Um, when you're pre-product market fit, what that essentially means is that you haven't found the product yet that the market really wants from you as a business. So you still have to do a lot of research, a lot of discovery, a lot of honing on the product. When you're post-product market fit, that's when you have the product, you know exactly what the market wants, who you're selling it to, you know exactly what a product needs to be, and now you need to sell it to, um, and you want, you want to get it into the hands of as many people or as many businesses as possible. And so once you understand these two phases, I believe it's so important that, of course, in the beginning, the founders 
And then the executives in a startup make it super clear to all of their teams, where is our product on that scale? Are we pre-product market fit? Are we post-product market fit? Because the moment you realize, okay, we still have work to do on the product, that's when everyone in the company needs to be with their head thinking, how can we bring this product to product market fit? And once you are in the second phase, that's when everyone needs to be thinking, okay, how do I really understand the value of a product? And now how do we get that into the hands of as many people and as, as many businesses as possible? Yeah, yeah. I think now I have one of the most fundamental questions because I've seen a lot of founders talking about product market fit and then looking at their product and actually realizing that I believe they're far away from really reaching the product market fit that we're talking about here. So how do you know if you actually reach product market fit and what makes you understand if people actually like and love what you've built or, or not? How do, you, how do you measure kind of the success of your product in the early days and, and you know, kind of, yeah, realize if, you, if you've reached it or not? Yeah, so I think the first most important part of this is when you have product market fit, you can feel it. You know, because there's, there's more people wanting to have your product that you can even serve. That's, that's, that's kind of one of the most famous definitions about it is you, you feel whether you have it. And if, if it doesn't feel like you have it, if you have a doubt about it, then you definitely don't have it. The, the more, you know, the more clear way to look at it is, do you have a super clear way of understanding who is our customer um, and, and who is our user? And how can we get it to them? And do they really want it? Do they really use it? You know, this is where if you if you picture a stand on a market, you open up the stand, and the moment you open your doors, people come and and they want and they want to they want to buy your product, right? Then you know, okay, we have product market fit because we we actually know, you know, people really really want this. Is it's like that? There's like a line in front of the door. People are standing up for your wait list. They want to buy or use your product, and so that's that's when you that's when you know it. And I think. A lot of founders and a lot of startup teams, um, and and we did we did the same, you know, in the past. Tell themselves that they have found, you know, maybe a little bit of product market fit, and they found it in a small group, but they essentially haven't found it because once you found it, you will know your your product is going to be so requested by the market that you actually have a hard time catching up with all of the customers that are coming in. Yeah, yeah, great. And I mean, now once we've kind of understood that product market fit is essentially what we're looking for, um, let's talk a little bit more about the process because that's, I think, really what's interesting here. We know that this is essentially the goal, but let's talk a bit about approaching products early on in a company. So how, you know, let's, and also provide a few examples later on. I think we've both experienced like a ton of yeah, crazy, crazy stories, you know, crazy stories. Um, but yeah, let's start with the process. So what do you think is like the first step in order to you know approach product, yes. Yeah, so I think um, in the in the very early days of a startup, you want to um, take the first step, and that is um, deeply understand the problem space that you are in, right? So you want to deeply understand for the person or the business that we are building this product for, what kind of problem do they really have? What what problem are are we trying to solve as a company? And that could be for an end user or it could be for a business. And once you've understood that problem space and you have a good idea of, okay, I know what kind of business or what kind of user has what kind of problem, 
now you can start and ideate a first version of your product that would solve that problem. And here's already where usually the first big mistake is being made, which is starting with an idea, right? You, you, you haven't really even understood the problem, but you're already in Figma and you're building prototypes. And we did this, for example, at Mapify, where we wanted to introduce some new features into the app. And we, we had all these ideas and we had all these features. And at some point we realized they are not really being used once we had already built them. And so we needed to take a step back and we got so frustrated, actually, I mean, this is a funny story. We, we got so frustrated that we ended up going to uh, the Sankt Oberholz Cafe in Berlin. Some, you know, some of our listeners might know this one. And we said, we, we need to talk to people about this, right? We need to understand why, why are people not interested in these features? And so we, we ended up going to, to the cafe and saying to people, hey, we, we will buy your coffee if you will give us a little bit of feedback about it. Essentially, that's what you need to do. You need to understand the problem space. Of course, with Mapify, it was a huge problem space because it's it was a travel, you know, travel platform. But essentially, you want to um, come up with something that you think would solve their problem and then get it into the hands of them as quickly as possible. And you can, you can, you know, take these kind of crazy ways to to acquire people to test with, or you have a, a very defined group of people already, um, you know, end users or businesses that you want to talk to. And you take these first ideas and you go to them and you, you ask them, you know, you ask them about the problem space, but you also ask them to give feedback on this prototype. And that's how you start this early iterative loop to learn, you know, is the product that we're building really the right thing? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, me being a designer, right, the first thing I would usually do is jump into Figma, start building designs, come up with new ideas, things that look fancy, you know, crazy ideas. But I think what I've also learned over the past five years is really, you know, you're wrong until you test with everything you do. And obviously, there are different ways of testing. So back then, we've, we, you know, we've went to St. Oberholz. I remember me going to the German Bundestag and kind of approaching strangers if they would be interested in testing some early you know, product design prototypes that I came up with. Um, and it was just so powerful to to get hands-on, you know, feedback early on that would then allow me to kind of iterate and and improve my product, you know, just a, you know, just a few percent every single week. So yeah, couldn't agree more. I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions that focus on the problem first and then start testing early ideas and early kind of you know, versions of your product as, as, as often as possible. Yes, 100%. You want to really do the research and the understanding of your potential user or customer um, first before you go into, before you go too deep into the product. Building a product takes so much time and you need to know beforehand whether it's even worth to build. And so, you know, once you've done that initial research and you've talked to the first people who are possible customers or users, you want to build the, the most minimum version of your product that, that's quickest to build and get it into their hands to know would they actually use it or would they pay for it? Because that's the two measures that people will use to vote for your product, right? And that's, that's I think, one of, the, one of the, 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 the other misconceptions is that there are so many people who build a product but the product isn't really used. There are some people using it, you know, now and then. There are some people looking at it. There's maybe a few people paying for it. There is only two ways that you can know whether people want your product. And that is either they spend a lot of time on it or they pay for it. And if your product really has value, even that first, you know, small version that you're building 
will be either used or people will be paying for it, right? And that's how you know. And everything else, you're basically telling yourself something that's not true, which is that people want your product when they actually don't really want your product. Yeah, true. But I think one really important factor here is, is um, also target audience. Being yes. able to talk to the right people. Because it doesn't make sense to build something and then go out That's and true. test it with people that are not even part of the target audience, the people you're actually trying to reach. How do you think about that? That's why it's so important to understand the problem space. That, because that's the interesting thing. When you, talk, when, you, when, you, when you have an idea and you have an, and also an idea for whom this could be relevant as a product, you can talk to this person without ever mentioning your idea. You can just say, do you have this problem on a daily basis? Do you have, do you, are you struggling with X? If they don't have this problem, they won't care about your product. It's that simple, right? And so what, what, while exploring the problem space, you can actually learn already whether it even makes sense to validate your product with that particular person or that particular business, because if they don't have that problem, they will never care about whatever you build. So yeah. that, that, that's kind of the space there. And it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's very true what you're saying that essentially you need to, while, while you do that early research, you need to understand, you know, are we selling to the right person? And let me add one thing here, which is kind of going back to the beginning where we said um, product is relevant to so many people in a company. Everyone should have that kind of understanding because let's say you're in marketing. You also need to know what your product is about, what product, what problem it's really solving. You also need to have that context in order to craft the right marketing messages. So if you know that that's why it's so important for everyone in business to have this fundamental understanding about product and how you how you get that product to actually deliver value so that you can do your job um, in, 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 in kind of the, the whole value chain of getting that product out there in the market. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, don't be too much in love with your actual product, but instead be even more in love with the problem space you're approaching. Yes, yes. And the, and the deeper you understand the, the customer's problem, the, the better your product will become over time because you understand exactly what the customer needs in any given um, point in time. And that's, that's, the, that's the important part. Love it. Love it. All right. Let's close this um, episode uh, with the last question, which I think is always a very interesting and important one, which is vision. And I think that's, that's actually, you know, that's actually, there's also quite a big of quite a big misconception. How do you think about building a product? And then how do you make sure that you are still going, going for this big wish, vision of yours, but are still kind of taking the step-by-step -step, um, iterative process to reach your vision? How do you break a vision yeah. down? Yeah. So, so the conflict here is, let's say you, you, you have an idea and you develop a vision, but you, and you want to, you want to really take the, the space in which you're, you, you want to build your product. You will, you really want to take that to the next level, but you don't really know whether it's, it's far, you're, you're going too far. And so the important thing that I would say here is your product, even if you have a big vision, still needs to be solving the, the problem. It still needs to be solving the problem, right? It's a super simple example that everyone will understand is think about the iPhone. The iPhone was an incredibly visionary product. It was basically a total game changer. No buttons anymore, all glass, 
touchscreen, you know, something the world had never seen before. But it was still a phone. People could still make calls because that's the problem that they have. They need to have a device that lets them make the call. Now, it can be extremely visionary, but it's still solving the fundamental problem that this person had. If the iPhone had been just glass and everything and all visionary and couldn't make calls, it's not a phone. It wouldn't have solved the person's problem. So the moment you understand the problem space, that's the first step you want to take. And then you take that to, to, to kind of approach it from a vision perspective. And now you think about what is the best possible way that I could solve that problem. And the reason why this kind of work and developing this kind of understanding and also asking these kind of product-related questions in a company is so important for everyone in that business is because you want to know what exactly are we doing for the customers to solve their problems, to, to have an amazing product that everyone in the, in the, in the, in the company can, can kind of uh, go out there and sell and market and do growth and operations on. Love it. Yeah, I think the iPhone was actually a good example. Never forget your problem space. I think that's what yeah. we can really conclude here. Um, you can yeah. have the most visionary yeah. ideas, but always remember what you're really trying to solve here. Um, and I guess the more research you do in the beginning, the better it will be in terms of you know enable um, establishing this first this first product. Yeah, and and maybe one last thought on this is, if you are anywhere in in a, in a startup company, whatever team you are. If you feel like, hey, something is not right, something is going, is, is too hard. We have a lot of customers sending us, you know, bad feedback. They're sending, they're sending bad reviews. They're having problems. It all comes down back to, are we understanding the customer problem, right? And everyone in the company can raise this. You can be in marketing or, or customer service and operations. You can ask this question of, what is the problem we're actually using? Are we building the right product? And if everyone in the company has this kind of mindset, that's when you will build an excellent product and you will get it out there to people. Love it. All right, everyone. That was another episode of Quick Coffee. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And we see you next week. <laughs>